from Islamic Finance News, the world's leading Islamic finance news provider, this is IFN Podcast. Hi everyone, welcome to IFN Podcast. My name is Nisreen and I'm your host today. In this episode, we are joined by Muzammil Dedi, the Chief Operating Officer of Hijaz Financial Services, an Islamic solutions provider in Australia. Thank you so much for being here with us today, Muzammil. Thank you. Why don't we start off uh, with a little bit of an introduction on what you do with Hijaz and what Hijaz does? So my role at Hijaz is Chief Operating Officer of the Hijaz Group of Companies. Uh, Hijaz is the uh, the, the premier or preeminent uh, Islamic financial services provider in Australia. Um, we deliver uh, a variety of different products and services to the Australian Muslim community here. Um, and these range from, you know, financial uh, or wealth management services, such as financial planning, financial advice services. We also offer asset management services. So we manage a series of, in, of investment products, which we deliver to the Muslim community. Um, and they range from, you know, um, retirement funds, or what we call in Australia, superannuation funds. Mm-hmm. We also offer... Uh, investment products such as income fund products. We have a variety of different products in the pipeline which we're launching uh, in next month and then the months to come, uh, which will deliver a variety of different solutions for the community here, such as uh, you know those who are seeking exposure in property investments. They could invest in those funds and equities funds and whatnot. Other areas of service that we do provide our customer base uh, in relation to mortgage finance. So Islamically compliant mortgage finance is very, very big in Australia, particularly in the current market where the property market here locally is booming. Um, so okay. we're experiencing exponential growth in the areas of mortgage and home financing. Um, and then we offer uh, a, a variety of different ancillary services around those. So legal services, which comprise of Islamic estate planning and wills. So we, co- we construct for our clients Sharia compliant wills and estate planning. We also offer them, uh, you know, legal services pertaining to property purchase, such as conveyancing services here. Um, and we, we do offer um, services such as accounting services and uh, general legal services as well. So there's a broad array of product solutions delivered through service arms, um, and they're continually growing as well. Oh, that's excellent. Well, I mean, since we've already started, let's talk about the the Islamic finance industry in Australia for a little bit. I know you mentioned that, you know, uh, you'd already mentioned where there's a large market. Where do you think um, it's headed right now? Uh, I mean, what is what is it looking like right now? What's the demand like? Um, maybe you could share some insight on that. Sure, sure. So in Australia, let's start by discussing the size of the Muslim or the Islamic market in Australia. There are about 1.2 million Muslims in Australia, mm-hmm. um, of which uh, the majority, I can say, uh, under service in terms of their financial services needs and requirements. And the reason for that is because there have not been um, services which have been addressed um, or products which have been created in this market to address the needs of the community for a long, long time. Um, at Hijaz, we feel very privileged to have been, uh, to have entered the market at a time where um, we were able to address a lot of these areas. For example, things like, you know, retirement or superannuation funds in Australia were non-existent 10 years ago. 
if right. every, every, every Muslim in Australia who wanted to have their superannuation or their retirement funds invested had to adopt or opt for a conventional non-Sharia compliant um, product in Australia. That was just by, by rule of law, they have to have an investment product for their superannuation. And because there were no Islamic options, they had no choice but to go for the conventional products. Since we've come to the market, that's changed dramatically. Now, you know, Muslim Australians can have their superannuation retirement funds invested into, you know, investment products and options and platforms that deliver for them in terms of performance that are in line with market average or above average in terms of their performance delivery. And also, you know, meet all the legal and structural requirements to be able to, you know, address the client's need for these products in the market. Gotcha. Um, simil- similarly, we find a similar solution situation in the in the mortgage market, for example, where the Muslim community were for a long time wanting to participate in home ownership in Australia, which is what we call, uh, you know, in inverted commas, the Australian dream. By purchasing property in Australia is a, is a very, very sought-after endeavour, as I'm sure it is in many parts of the world. But for Muslim Australians, unfortunately, they've been disadvantaged in it to the extent that they have not been able to source financing for their properties, which aligns with their with their faith and their belief and their values. And again... Right. We've been very privileged to be able to offer to them a solution that is priced in line with other um, providers, other conventional loan providers in Australia, which is delivered to them in a manner which is as seamless, as straightforward, as accessible to them as everyday banking products uh, in Australia are. So, Mm -hmm. again, the, the focus behind our products and services has always been to deliver um, solutions for the, for the Muslim community here that, you know, in 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 many uh, instances, outperform um, the the benefits and advantages of even the conventional products, uh, leave alone any other Islamic products available in the market. Gotcha. And I mean, this is a great time to just segue into um, your plans or Hijaz's plans into getting a a banking license. And I understand that you you guys are looking into becoming like a fully fledged, you know, Islamic bank. Is this is this correct? Absolutely. It's very exciting for us, this next phase of our development, of our growth. Um, In Australia, we don't have uh, an Islamic bank. We're the only Western country in the world not to have an Islamic bank. Right. Um, and and it, it again, it, it gives us, it excites us immensely, the fact that we have been able to engage with the, with, the, with the local regulators over here who provide banking licenses, having had initial discussions with them, which has gone very, very positively. And they're providing us with some really positive indications as to, you know, the fact that our ambitions, um, you know, can actually come to come to reality, come to fruition. And that we can provide, again, for the Muslim community, a much, much needed solution where we've, we find time and again that there are Muslim Australians who are significantly underbanked, uh, right. considering the fact that, you know, in, in the, the borrowing or lending on interest uh, is, non, is not compliant from an Islamic perspective, uh, yet mo- most Muslim Australians have no choice uh, currently but to bank with conventional financial institutions because there are no Islamic banks in the, in the country. So... Um, again, that, that's a, it's a challenge. It's definitely going to be a challenge to create such a solution for the community over here where none has ever been created before. But we feel that we are the best position to take on this challenge because of the breadth of services that we already have in the market anyway. So as far as most of our community are concerned, um, we operate almost uh, like a bank 
uh, in terms of the, the breadth of our services, the fact that we can service our community for their mortgages, for their investments, for their financial products and services and mm-hmm. advice and everything else they require, um, it, it, it's only natural that we then graduate to that next level or to the next stage of our development and have a banking license uh, in place to really complete the offering and provide depository accounts for them, credit cards, debit cards, and all the other solutions that banks can provide for their customers. Right. I hear you. And so like, do you, is there like, do you anticipate any specific challenges in, in, in this process? I mean, uh, there has been no fully fledged Islamic bank in, in Australia. So I imagine there are some, you know, roadblocks um, that, that have stopped this from happening. Maybe is there anything you could share with us about like what challenges you guys anticipate and how you think that could be overcome? Or if there are any changes that you are anticipating that would help you get through this in, in a smoother way, you know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Um, look, I, I think the challenges will be, uh, I guess generally they'll be twofold. Number one, um, trying to explain and get the buy-in, I guess, from the regulatory bodies in Australia around how an Islamic uh, bank would, would, would operate um, and getting their buy-in and having them understand the structures and nuances, the intricacies of how all this would work. We have already initiated that dialogue with the regulator and they, they are very receptive to, un- to understanding how it all works together. So that's one set of challenges and we're already undertaking that. We have some very, very capable people on our team um, who have been in banking roles and have had experiences in like this in the past who are well positioned to be able to articulate this correctly um, to to the regulators to have them understand from our perspective how this would all work. The second set of challenges are more market-facing. So explaining and educating, informing our target market, the Muslim community in Australia, as to the solutions that we can provide and the fact that they can have as much faith and trust in our banking products and, and offering as they would with any conventional institution. Obviously, change is something that, you know, it takes people different degrees of time and understanding to be able to feel comfortable with. And this will be a change for our community that they have for as long as they've been in Australia have been um, uh, have, have only known one way of banking, which is the conventional way of banking in Australia. Changing that um, will be uh, a challenge, but we feel that we're up for it simply because we have uh, encountered these challenges in the past with other offerings that we've brought to market as well. You know, right. when, we, when we began offering our superannuation services, um, it was a relatively unheard of con- concept in Australia, which took some time for the market to become familiar with and catch on to. And since they have become familiar with it, they have taken it up, you know, very, very warmly and, and openly. We find that similarly with the mortgage offering. And another big advantage that we have is that we are an established brand in Australia. We're a household brand in many, many Muslim households, many, many thousands of Muslim households. We already exist uh, in our capacity as a service provider in this community. We have some really strong um, grassroots programs that we run through our community, financial literacy and education programs that we run through Islamic schools in Australia, through the community centres, through the mosques. So we we interact and engage with our community at so many different levels that... Whenever we bring a product or service and offering to the market, uh, it is not too difficult to build that awareness and to have that trust, which is very, very important, 
um, to, to, to win that in our favor from our clientele. Gotcha. Absolutely. And like outside of, 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 of these things that you just mentioned, do you anticipate that you will have regulatory support um, in the entire process of getting the banking license? Like, I'm curious to know as well, like have other, you know, institutions attempted this before? Um, is there anything that you could learn from their attempts if there were any? Yeah, look, absolutely. Um, uh, in terms of the, the, to, to address the first part of your question, in terms of regulatory support, um, we found that the local regulators have been immensely supportive um, in all of our endeavors and initiatives to date. Um, in terms of the existing products that we have in the market, they have been very receptive uh, and very understanding of, of the nuances and intricacies. And, and therefore, we're, we're, we're very, very confident that when it comes to the banking license and the banking products, they will show a, a similar level of, of commitment to delivering uh, for the for this segment of the market. It's all about you know having a a, a diversity of banking and financial services offerings uh, in, in Australia, uh, and we are targeting a subset of the community which other institutions aren't addressing. And therefore, the regulators have always been very very um, forthcoming in their support. Um, towards you know the initiatives that we've been trying to bring to market. So in that regard, we we don't ex- anticipate any issues. In terms of the second part of your question around um, whether there have been others who have come into this into this area and tried to launch offerings, um, we we are aware of one in particular, um, and we I, th- I think that the biggest challenge that uh, they and many others may face is that they don't have a a fully formed offering in market day one. And that's what the regulators have already expressed to us, their support of our initiative from that perspective, that we Mm -hmm. are a tried and tested commodity. We already have an established presence in our market. We have clients who will take up our offering day one when we bring it to them. Similarly, if we look at the operations of a bank, we find that obviously there there are some key or or, or critical elements of, of service and products that need to be there to make the bank a viable operation. First and foremost is the lending and credit activities. Well, Hijaz already have a, a mortgage offering in the market where we already offer, you know, home financing, commercial property financing, investment pro- property financing. So we have been, in, we're an established provider in that space for many, many years now. And that right. gives the regulators a lot of comfort in terms of our offering. Similarly, we are already uh, in the, we already have a, a card product um, available, you know, coming to market in the coming months as well. So that will again further demonstrate capacity or capabilities to the regulator um, that you know we can also offer another critical element of what a banking operation would otherwise offer. Which means that the only thing that we wouldn't be doing, um, which we would be allowed to do once we have a banking license, is to be able to uh, accept deposits, deposits from depositors. Right. That's that, and that really is the one remaining sort of piece of the puzzle, so to speak. Right. Um, so so that that again. Uh, when we when we talk about you know how others have fared when they've gone down this path, um, they haven't had all these things in place, lined up, ready to go in the same way that we have. Gotcha. And how long do you think? I mean, is, if if you could say, how long do you think the process is going to take, or are you hopeful it's going to, you know, get completed, or when could you announce that you finally, you know, become the fully fledged um, Islamic bank? Uh, look, based on our discussions with the regulators to date, um, it's obviously it's a, it's a, it's a 
there are various stages in this process. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and from what we've been told by them, we, we, we're quite confident that the entire process towards achieving a full banking license um, should be achieved within um, three to four years. That, that's right. how long the full process will take. Um, they do have a restricted, a restricted licensing option as well, um, which provides an interim solution, um, which we should be able to achieve within the next 12 months. Okay. Um, so, so that's the time frame that we're working towards. But uh, again, um, you know, we are, uh, we've been able to, you know, meet our targets and our expectations in the past, and we feel that this is no, uh, this should not be any different. Um, but obviously, you know, going back quickly to one of the points that you raised at, at the beginning of our discussion around the size of the market, I guess we quantified the size of the Muslim community in Australia. But if we look at also the size of, let's say, for example, the mortgage market in Australia, um, you know, research and various statistics have found that the size of the, of the Islamic mortgage market in Australia is around about 192 billion Australian dollars. Mm-hmm. which is quite sizable. Similarly, right. we find that when it comes to the, the, the Islamically compliant superannuation of pension market in Australia, it sits at about $56 billion. So mm-hmm. again, very, very sizable markets that we have access to that we are already participating in and that we find that the banking offering will then give us greater access uh, into these markets and be able to you know, service our clientele more comprehensively moving forward. Absolutely. I see what you mean. All right. Well, for a final question, um, in the meantime, what do you think uh, are the trends that are happening now that are, you know, exciting and particularly the ones that maybe have not gotten into the Australian market yet that that you would like to see catching on in terms of Islamic finance, of course? Yeah. Um, look, there are like the Australian market is... Uh, the Australian Muslim community, if I may use that term, um, are a highly, highly educated and quite affluent community. Um, and their, their, their true capabilities around, you know, wealth building and wealth management have in many ways been limited because of the lack of solutions available to them. And that's where we're quite excited by the fact that um, because of their higher levels of education and therefore income capacity and all of these different factors, um, we feel that there, there are lots of things that they can, you know, engage with and really excel at. So, for example, Australia was, they call it the birthplace of, of buy now, pay later. You know, things right. like uh, very, various companies that have originated from Australia and then gone out into the world and, and, and created new categories and whatnot. Um, and, and, and Hijaz is positioned very, very well to be able to deliver uh, these sorts of Sharia-compliant solutions, even at a global stage as well. We've had... Um, interest from, you know, providers in Malaysia, in the Middle East, across, you know, the, the UAE providers there and, and, and the, in the UK as well, who have been very, very excited to see, you know, what we've been building in Australia and are saying that this is a really, really compelling business model to be able to bring to um, other countries as well, where uh, you can provide, you know, you have a service delivery arm and then you have products which then, you know, support or complement that service delivery arm as well. And obviously our services are delivered both direct to market as well as through intermediary as well. So we mm-hmm. have, for example, our mortgage offering is accessible by customers approaching us directly, but also by, our, by customers approaching brokers, mortgage brokers or finance brokers who can also, who also have access to our products as well. Similarly with our investment products, they can come to us directly, but they can also go through an inter- intermediary being a financial advisor or financial planner uh, 
who may be external to Hijaz, but can also access um, for their Muslim clients the, the Hijaz suite of products as well. Um, right. and, and that's where, we again, we, we find globally, there are, so many, there are such a variety of different products and solutions available to Muslim investors, be it property investments, um, equities investments, income type investments. And these are funds that we are establishing as we speak, and we expect to launch uh, in, in, the, in just the weeks to come, um, nice. early next month, mid next month, um, to again, cater more comprehensively to this market. Uh, and we're also excited by the fact that we later this year will be launching those same funds, uh, the mm-hmm. equities products, the income products and the property um, fund as well as an ETF, an exchange traded fund, nice. um, which will then make it accessible to offshore investors, um, right. which have, again, um, you know, been expressing their interest in our offerings and said, look, you know what, uh, it'd be great to have these available on international exchanges so they can then be accessed by um, individual as well as m- more wholesale institutional and sophisticated investors as well in global markets. That's great. That all sounds exciting. We'll keep tabs on you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Nisreen. Thank you for listening. For more discussions on the Islamic finance industry, log on to www.islamicfinancenews.com. You can also listen to IFN Podcast on your favorite platforms, including iTunes and Spotify.